Today we begin our second Sunday in the journey toward Holy Lent. The church's wisdom and preparing ourselves for the great fast is critical because it begins to give us lessons in regard to how we, what we need to be facing, what direction do we need to be going when we, when we get into Lent. You know, it's a little bit like you just don't start a game without any preparation. You know, today the Patriots and uh, who else is that? Uh, the Giants are uh, playing and they have prepared for, you know, months and months for this. And we're coming to the, the greatest time in our Christian year. And that is the Lenten experience for us because... It's, it's, a, it's a greatest teacher for us. Uh, and so we have these lessons that kind of set it up. Um, the first lesson is Zacchaeus, and that is, what's our desire? Zacchaeus' lesson, the Canaanite woman, what was their desire? Their desire was for God and his kingdom. Is that our desire? Today, it's a lesson in humility. Are we humble of heart, able to... to to bow our head that God might exalt us, that God becomes the exalter of us, not ourselves. We don't, it's not about self-promotion. It's not about success. It's not about pride. It's about humbling ourselves before God and one another that we might be exalted by him, lifted up by him, as he says to the publican, justified by him. This one goes away justified. So we, we enter this, this, this account of the life of the publican and the Pharisee. And the story is, um, you know, very familiar to most of us, I'm sure. Uh, we, we're at a point in uh, this life of Christ where he's beginning to give lessons about the kingdom of God. And two men go up to pray. Very important to understand what they went to do. Two went up to pray. One a Pharisee and the other the tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. It's interesting. How did he pray? With himself. Pray to himself. Not to God, not in a humble way, but just pray to himself. And he says these words. God, I thank you that I'm not like the other men extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. So, in a sense, he did good things. He did good things. But he did them unto himself, not for the benefit of others and to the glory of God. This is the big mistake. And the tax collector standing afar off. You know, you would think, you know, maybe they're here and the tax collector's in the back, at the back door. Standing afar off. Just thankful that he's able to step in to the kingdom, into the, into the church. Standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, the Lord says, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. 
For everyone who exalts himself will be abased, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So we have this amazing lesson of one that just comes. He only had one offering. Prayer, not his uh, fast. He had one offering. What was it? His repentance. It's all he had. I'm sorry. Lord, I'm sorry. One offering. And what did the Lord say about that one offering? He went away justified. Wow. Wow. You know, it doesn't take much. It just takes humility. Coupled with the words, I'm sorry, and we can have a powerful experience with Christ. So this humility is a true Christian character. And I want to go through a couple accounts in the scripture that help us understand humility because it's sometimes a little distant from us. So what does it mean for, uh, for humility? I want to read this account from uh, the book of Matthew. The mother of Zebedee, the, the, sons, the mother of the sons of Zebedee came kneeling down asking something from the master. And he said to her, what do you wish? And she said to him, grant that my two sons may sit one on your right and one on your left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, you don't know what you asked. Were you able to drink the cup that I am drinking and able to be baptized by the baptism that I would be baptized with? And they said, we are able. Not understanding it would mean their own death. And he said to them, you indeed drink the cup that I will drink and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but is for those for whom it's prepared by my father. And when the ten heard it, they became indignant. And Jesus called them and said this. Here's the lesson. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet I shall not be, yet shall not be so among you, among us. Whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to serve, to be served, but to serve. We follow our master. You know, it's an incredible account uh, of a saint. He's one of my favorite saints. His name is Saint Euphrosina. And he, if you go into some kitchens of Orthodox people, you'll see an icon of a saint, and he has three apples. This is Euphrosinos. Euphrosinos was a servant, the epitome of servant. He was a very humble monk that was a cook. That's what he did. He just cooked in the monastery. Nobody thought much of him at all. Just simple, humble. And one night, the abbot had a dream, and in the dream, he went to paradise, and he saw Euphrosinos there. And Euphrosinos gave him three apples. 
And he woke up in the morning in his bed. The abbot woke up in the morning in his bed, and next to his head were three apples. And he ran down to Frosinos and said, where were you last night? He said, you know where I was. And he left the monastery because he knew he would be exalted by men. And all he wanted to do was to be exalted by God, to be a simple servant. To be a simple servant. What a powerful story that is. So, you know, we always ask his prayers when we cook because he's a servant. So may we be servants, beloved. May we be servants. So this is a side of humility that's important to us. Then also we see in uh, Matthew 18, this account that will help us understand too, a little bit more about being humble. Matthew 18, 1 to 5. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is greatest in the kingdom? And Jesus called a little child and set him in the midst of them and said, Surely I say to you, unless you are converted and become a as a little child, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. He who receives one of these little child in my name receives me. So we need this humility of childhood, this ability to, to, to bow quickly and low, to, to find that. You know, there's a great, I remember when uh, the beauty of, of, of children. There was a, there's an account, uh, a story Bishop Basil tells of a good friend of his. He said when he was 26 years old and Bishop Basil was a priest, a good friend, he said this friend came to him very sad one day. And he said, why are you so sad? And he said, Father, this is when Bishop Basil was a priest, he said, Father, he said, for 26 years, I've seen my guardian angel every night before I went to sleep. And he's not there anymore. He said, Bishop Bezos said, I've never seen my guardian angel. He said, you have a special thing. You know why? Because he was humble like a child. Humble like a child. Believing, full of faith, full of hope full of joy. That's humility to us, that humility of a child, that beauty for us to see. So, a very important quality, child, childlikeness, simplicity there is important. Then let us turn to uh, the Gospel of Luke and see one more example. And this is the, the, uh, the great story of the thief on the cross. Then one criminals who was hanged, blasphemed him, said, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. The other answered, rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, we hang here justly, for we receive our due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then the Lord, then he said to the Lord, Lord, Remember me in your kingdom. First, he accepts his punishment and tries not to justify himself and says, remember me in your kingdom. What was the Lord's response? Today, where's he going? 
you will be to me in paradise. A humble response. The publican goes away justified. The child receives the glory of God. The thief, not justifying oneself, standing before God, asking just to be remembered, receives paradise. This is such a critical lesson to us. That this, 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 the joy of the kingdom of God is, is set in, in a place where we, we, can, we need to come accepting our faults, standing before God, not justifying ourselves. And when we ask God to be merciful, he's merciful to the point that he delivers to us paradise. Wow. So humility. So not self-justification, childlikeness, and the, the, the sense of being a servant, being a slave to one another. So we stand here today, beloved, and I pray that we can touch this great virtue, which the church calls the mother of all virtues. All virtues are built on this one, humility. We stand before God, not justifying oneself. We stand before God as a child. We stand before God as a servant. And in that same way, to stand before one another, rather, as a servant, as a child, not justifying oneself. So we, we have this great opportunity, beloved, today to touch this virtue. May God bless us with it. May we hear these words. This one went away justified by the mercy and grace of God unto his eternal kingdom now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen.